the house call. Welcome back to the gridiron part of the house call sports. I'm here with Rob Gage and Jake. We are talking NFL draft recap. There has been, there was a lot of questions that happened with a lot of people's drafts. There were a lot of questionable picks. There were a lot of great picks. We're going to get into all of that. But first I want to give a big shout out to one of our affiliates. That is sportsmemorabilia.com. If you have, a sports fan in your life or you are the sports fan in your life go to sportsmemorabilia.com you can get all the sports memorabilia for all these new draft picks for your team for your for your uh sports fan in your life team get those things help support the brand use the link in the description of this video go get yourself some officially licensed merchandise but guys before we get into the draft let's talk about some things that ultimately change some some teams gauges wearing a hoodie of one of them the way they were going to draft here, all right? So first off, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers being traded to the New York Jets. This was literally, seemed like it was going to be one of those things where it was never, ever going to happen. I was actually laughing myself to sleep at night because I was like, Jets fans are literally about to have the worst nightmare come true where they believe they're getting a great quarterback and it just never, ever happens. But it finally happened. They get Aaron Rodgers. They also get a the 15th pick in the 2023 draft, which we'll discuss, and a fifth-round pick which was number 170 overall. They gave up the 13th overall pick, number 42, a six-round pick, 207, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick, which becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of New York's snaps. Now, there are a lot of questions about what's going to happen in this offense. There's a lot of questions about how Aaron Rodgers transforms the young players around this team. This is still a very young roster, guys. But, Gage, these are your New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 baby. So I'm going to let you go ahead and start this one off, man. What Are you happy about this Aaron Rodgers trade? How do you see the season going for your Jets? Uh, I thought this trade could have went way worse because we put all our eggs in one basket for sure. It was either this or running back with Zach Wilson or whoever we could throw in there at this point. So we put all our eggs in one basket, and Green Bay knew that and had the re- leverage for sure. So getting away with what we got, I'll take it. Could have been better, could have been worse, could have been a lot worse. But Absolutely. going forward, I think it's either you make – if you don't make the playoffs, the whole thing's a bust. Yeah, for, I mean, at one. a minimum, make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're, they have Super Bowl aspirations right now with Aaron Rodgers under center. Let's not be coy here. But, you know, you blame – you talk about how the Packers had all the leverage here. Aaron Rodgers could have made this a lot easier, and the Packers could have gotten more. If anything, Aaron Rodgers is the sole reason this trade did take so long because he all he had to do was say – I'm playing for the next two years. Come out, say that, and it would have been fine. You would have gotten, the the Packers would have gotten more because the Jets would have known for at least two seasons they have a guy that they can win with, right? That's what they needed to hear. They never heard any of that, all right? They didn't hear any of that from Aaron Rodgers. All he said was he wanted to play for the New York Jets next season. That's one year. He only committed to the Jets for one year. That's all you heard. That's a big deal. Oh yeah, in his that. press conference, in his press conference, it was he, he rolled back and said, "Oh, I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to being here for now and in the future and everything like that." But you know, that's exactly what you say when you go to a new team. You can't just yeah. you know be all kind of like this. But Jake, how do you think that this really played into how the Jets approached the draft here in 2023 and, and maybe uh, changed their minds on some of the picks they got? I mean, we can get into that uh, a little bit later because I have a um, oh. little take about what the Jets should have done in the first round and. Obviously, they didn't do that. Um, I'm happy for Jets fans. Um, a lot of pressure for uh, the Jets and Rodgers. You know, like you said, Joe, Super Bowl is in the mind. The parade's in the mind. Playoff, division titles in the mind. We'll see if the New York media can get to Rodgers. Um, you know, you lose two or three games here. A lot of people oh, yeah. talk. 
a lot of the media can get into your head. The price can be, you know, bright. And, you know, we'll see how he fares in a very, very tough AFC East. I will be welcoming him with open arms when he comes to Gillette. Oh, yeah. So, Loud we'll and rowdy. <laughs> Loud and rowdy. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a really great, great series. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has always played the Jet or the, the Patriots really tough at his time in Green Bay. You know, and I you brought up a really good point. It is very difficult for a quarterback to succeed in New York. There is a cutthroat fan base. They do not take losing mm-hmm. kindly. And like I had mentioned to a lot of people, it's like if they if he goes into you know week four and they're a one and two team or they're an zero and three team because they're trying to figure things out, they will be at his throat. Mm-hmm. And the question I always had was, is that does Aaron Rodgers have the mental fortitude to survive that type of of, of public? outcry and sort of animosity towards him and you know because in green bay he was handled with nothing but love that fan base loves aaron Rodgers, all right and he only brought them one super bowl they love brett Favre. he only brought them one super bowl all right new york don't care they don't care what you did for other people they want to win now yeah and that and it doesn't matter if they are if you know they come out and they know they know for a fact they're only winning three games that year if you start out zero and four or zero and three it is over. They are going to lose their mind. You're talking about being booed if you go three and out in a in an opening drive. That's mm-hmm. the kind of fans that you have in New York. And Gage can attest to that, man. He knows because he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. They go from happy to pissed really quick. But Rob, who do you do you think the Jets paid the right price for Aaron Rodgers here? Or do you think that this was an overpay? I mean, what was the worst that comes of it? You got Zach Wilson. I mean, we've seen what quarterback he is. Um, I mean, at this point, like like you said, like the Packers really had a lot of the leverage. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers and in his darkness retreat, retreat, whatever the retreat crap they had going on, his hot hole, whatever you want to yeah. fucking call that shit, they really had no other choice. So, I mean, Zach Wilson's probably if he would have went into this season, who guys, come on, like no, it would be definitive. They're going to be last in the division. Now at least you have a chance. Uh, you may split the, with the Patriots. You may split with your whole division. Now you have a chance. Um, and what more? I mean, like, what do they have going forward? They got a young roster, so kind of send it in. That's this is like boomer bust. They put all their eggs in a basket, like Gage said, and they really have no other choice. They had to do this, otherwise, it's like Zach Wilson. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, they really didn't have any other choice. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about how happy the Jets should be about having Aaron Rodgers and how just excited they should be for this upcoming season. But there is one team that is happier than Jets fans. Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. You know who that team is? The Chicago Bears, because they don't have to see him twice a year anymore, man. They are so happy right now. They're like, that is at least one more win. At least one more win we are going to get this year because we don't have to see Aaron Rodgers twice a year anymore. Congratulations, Bears fans. You're, 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 Demon has left the building and is no longer in the NFC North. You get a reprieve. We're going to go ahead and transition to a guy that I was surprised didn't get a lot more interest in the open market for what it would have cost them in, in draft capital to get. And that is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson signs an, a lucrative deal, $185 million guaranteed uh, over five years, $260 million total, and an annual salary of $52 million. Now, this is what was funny to me is that the non-exclusive franchise tag that the Baltimore Ravens signed him to, we all knew he wasn't playing on that. He was going to either get a contract with Baltimore or he was going to go somewhere else. And what was surprised me was that the Jets, knowing that the Packers were asking for two first round picks, which is essentially what they gave him, because there is no way in hell that Aaron Rodgers is playing under 65 snaps. You gave the, you gave, 
the Packers' two first-round picks, all right? For a guy who's probably only going to play two seasons for you. I mean, that's the truth of it, right? You're hoping that when after the second season, that's the last first-round pick you're going to give them, you get out of it, right? You you gave him one this year, you give him one next year, and then Aaron Rodgers rides off to the sunset. Hopefully you're two Super Bowls richer and you come out of that. But you could have given the same thing for, for Lamar Jackson, which would have given you a younger quarterback, maybe not quite the arm talent, but definitely the physicality is there. Former MVP, you could have gotten that. But he ends up staying with Baltimore. And what does Baltimore do? They do something we've been clamoring for forever. They start signing and drafting wide receivers and big talent wide receivers. Guys, I'm going to start with you on this one, Rob. Is the Lamar Jackson signing good or bad in your mind for the Baltimore Ravens from a business standpoint, from a football team standpoint? From a business standpoint, the based off his availability as of late and his injury history, it's probably not a good one. But based off a football team standpoint, you finally gave this guy talent. Zay Flowers out of the draft, OBJ in free agency. Now Rashad Bateman doesn't need to be the number one option. So maybe he might be able to flourish into his little role that he may have. And plus, if Lamar, you got to motivate Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, I think it's him against the world. I think he's going to do great this year. I think he's, look, would you play last year? I think they had, I don't think he was as injured as people make him out to be. I think he was like, okay, if I play right now, I'm risking hundreds of millions of dollars so i'm not gonna play so maybe he would have played in that playoff game there was rumors that he was actually good enough to go but he wanted his money there's that yeah i mean it's definitely uh curious to, to say the least he definitely came out and said you know i've played through multiple injuries before why would i have sat out for this if it was you know it's, it's not about the money for me it's about winning but i mean you have Bullshit. to say that at that point Bullshit. you have to say that you do have to say that but i'm gonna go ahead and ask you jake do you think OBJ knew Lamar Jackson was coming back to the Ravens and that's why he signed there because I don't think he signs there if there's questions about who's actually going to be the quarterback I think that there was definitely some dealings under the table there that you know hey he's like hey are you coming back Lamar because I ain't signing with them unless you are and he's like we're working through it we're working through it and OBJ came and said oh no I, he never told me whether or not he was actually going to be there I just thought that you know I like the offense and the way it was working I'm like mm-hmm. how do you say that but do you think that played into his mind that he knew Lamar was coming back a hundred percent. I don't think he signs to have, you know, Taylor Huntley may be a great quarterback, maybe a good quarterback, decent, bad, shitty, whatever. He's not going to Baltimore unless Lamar is his quarterback. Absolutely. I just, they had, they probably were on FaceTime. They had to be in communication. That would be like, oh, De- that would be like Devonte Adams coming here for us to have McSorley be our quarterback. That's just not, it's yeah. <laughs> not happening. I, they had to have been in contact and if they weren't good for obj for just wanting to go to baltimore he doesn't care about the quarterback but oh they obj was probably the first person to know way before anyone even knew like a week before they even signed the deal yeah (laughs) yeah but didn't obj have like 15 million of other reasons to come to the ravens he wasn't yeah, getting that money yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, so, that's also very true. So, I mean, look, I, I think it was a combination of things. Yes, they FaceTimed, but there was no guarantee. I think that the fact that they got OBJ and they had to overpay like hell to get them there, I think that was a domino effect that got yeah. Lamar Jackson to do it. Yeah, I mean, probably, most likely. But, Gage, I gotta. this is one's for you, buddy, because you have the same situation question with your Jets. If this season results in say the Ravens not winning the division, not making the playoffs, getting eliminated in the wild card round, something of those sort of happenings. 
And Lamar Jackson's level of play does not improve with health, with the weapons they got him, with the, you know the stuff in there. Do you see this as being the worst deal in recent memory for a quarterback? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, the Jimmy G one's also bad in recent memory. Forty Nine ers gave. I mean, he took him to money. two Super Bowls, though, man. He took him to three NFC champions. As a backup I mean, quarterback, he wasn't supposed to be there. No. <laughs> so, but this could be one of the worst contracts you'll ever see in football, and it could drastically change the market permanently now. So we could keep seeing these awful contracts. Not this is not a knock, knock on Lamar by any means. He's a great quarterback. Post MVP. I do see him if he stays healthy, still top five quarterback in the league. Oh yeah. Very easily. It's high risk, very high reward. Even if they a lot flop, of money for a running back, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> even if they flop in the first round, that's fine. He's twenty what, twenty six? Twenty seven? Yeah, something like that. It's not like an Aaron Rodgers situation. You might get two years. You can get potentially six, seven, if you don't Cam Newton the dude and give him some yeah. help. And then you can potentially you, make two or three before he retires, or he's getting mm-hmm. too hurt to play. Yeah, I so mean, the potential is there. Frame. Absolutely, I think he's got he's a slender frame, man. He's very tiny in comparison to a lot of these guys. And you know, we're going to get into some players that are that were in this draft that a lot of people are high on that run a similar frame style and have a and you know similar questions about their durability. But it is that time, gentlemen. We are going to be talking 2023 draft winners, losers, and what we found to be. The most confusing draft pick or picks of the 2023 draft. And I think I want to start this one off. And I'm going to talk about a team that some of you guys may have on the winners and some of you guys may have on the losers. And at the time when the Detroit Lions draft Jameer Gibbs and every mock I had run, I had them taking secondary help all day. I had him getting Devon Witherspoon. I had him getting Joey Porter. I had him getting Christian Gonzalez. I had him taking at least one corner in the first round. And they draft Jameer Gibbs. And it confused me. I was like, you have Montgomery. You have Swift. Why get Gibbs? And the first thing that came to my mind was, they're going to trade DeAndre Swift. They have to. You have to trade him after that. And sure enough, they trade him to a team that just continuously gets richer and never seems to get poorer. The Philadelphia Eagles get DeAndre Swift, and they have like this super team on offense that is you've never seen the likes of before. But it, it comes up to one thing, and this is why DeAndre Swift was on the hot seat and why Jameer Gibbs was so enticing, is that Jameer Gibbs has all the talent and the tools of DeAndre Swift. And all DeAndre Swift proved was that he lacked the greatest ability you can have in football and especially in a backfield that is availability deandre swift failed to be available for a full season pretty much his entire time he was in detroit the guy was consistent injury bug it hindered him on the field it hindered his performance it hindered that team they were done with him the, the, the Lions are doing things from a team perspective that I think they should have been doing years ago. The TJ Hawkinson trade didn't seem to make sense. Both the Vikings and the Lions got better without it. Or after that trade, right? Yeah. The DeAndre Swift trade and the Jameer Gibbs draft at the moment confused the hell out of me. 
hindsight after the trade went down to send Swift to the Eagles, A+. plus. It's a win. I, I absolutely love that draft pick because you get a guy who a lot of people have compared to some of the very, very good wide, you know, receiving backs out of the backfield. You have Montgomery, who's your workhorse. You can put them both in the backfield at the same time and you're going to get it. That I, I actually really like that draft pick now. But Rob, I know that the Lions are on the opposite side of the fence for you when it comes to that Jameer Gibbs draft and possibly some of their other picks. So I'm going to go with you, Rob. What is your number three? We'll start at three. We're not going to start at one. The number one is always the the big boom, guys. We're going to start at three. What is your third worst draft of 2023? All right. Well, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I couldn't make sense of what the fuck the Jags were doing with their damn draft picks. You look at it. They traded back twice. They got Anton Harrison, Brenton Strains, but Tank Bigsby. Ventral, like the whole damn draft would look like a bunch of fucking mid. And I, I just like, okay, I was like, maybe they're just getting Anton Harrison. That was a solid pick, but he was really just a fringe first rounder. I, I'd say you probably, I had him in the second round, but I'm looking at the rest of the draft. Nothing about this really like excites me. I, I that, that means anything to you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. You know, the, the thing was you, you look at some of the guys they got, uh, it, they definitely needed some help on offensive line. They definitely had some, some questions uh, to answer, you know, in the backfield, things like that. And I think that some of it makes sense, but a lot of it seems to be kind of all over the place. They got an early, early tackle. Then they get followed that up with a late round guy in in the seventh round and Cooper Hodges out of Appalachian state uh, to kind of round out their tackle depth. And, you know, it's just a whole bunch of defense after that outside of Parker Washington out of Penn state. Now don't get me wrong. I think they're trying to build themselves a little bit speed here. Parker Washington is, is lightning fast. Uh, we thought that, you know, he could, you know, really change the way an offense functions there as a burner. Uh, I think that the one problem that you have is that, you know, if he was anything special just because of his speed, he would have been higher draft pick. But yeah, there were some clear questions there, what their whole purpose was, what they were going after. It's hard telling, but you know, at the end of the day, you never know when you finally get to the end of it, but, We'll have to see it on the field to see if this was a good draft or a bad draft. But as of right now, I'm right there with you. I don't see any sort of direction or plan here outside of, hey, we had some needs and we decided just to throw darts at the board, which one we were going to fill and where we were going to fill it. But, Jake, I'm going to go with you, man, here. Who you got number three of your worst draft of 2023? The Packers really confused me. I mean, with their first-round pick, you had JSN, you had Flowers, you had, Quint, you had all the big name wide receivers. You had Kincaid for a tight end. If you really, you had to go offense. You need to give, you just lost Aaron Rodgers. You got to build around Love now. You got to give Love some weapons. You got to, you know, you got to redo the offense. And they just did the total opposite. They went edge rusher. And then I know they kind of, they did two tight, out of the first four picks, they went two tight ends. I don't know. I, that doesn't really help uh, Love a lot. And I know one of the picks they drafted a wide receiver, but you had three of the very good wide receivers right there at 13 that you could have taken. And you just were like, nope, edge rusher. Sorry, love. You're not going to get Jason. You're not going to get Flowers. You're not going to get Johnson. You're not going to get any of these wide receivers that would 100% help you. You know, it was just, that was a very odd move for me because at the time the pads had 14, I was like, you know, damn it. Packers are going to take Jason really wanted him in New England, and he's gone. 
and they went Lucas Van Ness. I was like, okay, congrats. <laughs> that one really, I don't know. The Packers, they could have done a lot. They could have got an A+, plus, but it was a very weird first-round pick in two, three, and four for them. Very odd. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of questions there. I think that, you know, they saw what they were on defense last year, and it was nothing special. They decided that they, the best way to fill that was to get a blue-chip defensive uh, presence in Lucas Van Ness, which is someone you can build around on the def- defensive side of the ball. I really do believe that he's got the tools to be that inside-outside guy. He can move around, really be, a, a, you know, trouble for a lot of offensive linemen. But they did come in the second rounds and, and get some offensive weapons for him there. They got they drafted two tight ends, a couple of wide receivers in the mid-rounds. And my thing was, was that, I actually did a did a I had a conversation with some of uh, some of our our fellow house call sports uh, members, and they asked me who I thought from the draft perspective was the the wide receiver I would take. And my comment to that was was that Quentin Johnston had the physical traits to be a high C, high like he was it was either going to be really good or really bad, right? Like he was going to be mediocre or he was going to be just really, really good because he had the physical traits. You can't teach height. You can't teach wingspan. You, you can't teach size. It's just not possible to teach those things because it is either you have it or you don't. Every other wide receiver in this draft, I could find someone later in the rounds that was comparable to them in RAS score, comparable to them in 40 time, comparable to them in catches, stats, route running ability, uh, you know, NFL knowledge, things like that. I could find someone comparable, right? JSN, uh, you know, Zay Flowers, all these guys had someone in the later rounds that more or less played a similar style of ball and did it to a similar style of efficiency, but you could get them so significantly cheaper. And I think that was kind of one of the things they looked into there was that, you know, if, if they were, could have gotten one of these guys, they would have. But they just looked at everyone else in the draft and they were like, why get, I mean, because there was a shit ton. Of wide receivers in this draft, they were all between six, like five eleven and six two. The only two of them, I think, was a uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton and uh, Quentin Johnston that were like had physical traits outside of that window. Right, every, every there was tons of wide receivers that ran four 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 three uh, between five eleven six foot two uh, had a hundred catches or you know a thousand yards or five touchdowns or you know a vertical jump of, of forty or, you know thirty eight thirty nine feet or inches you know that that was the, it was similar you could find them anywhere they were they were this wasn't a very high ceiling wide receiver draft but it was a thick draft of a lot of the same kind of player right. And so I don't really knock a team for taking a first not taking a first round wide receiver when you look at the fact that the talent at defensive end in the first round in like a Lucas Van Ness is significantly a better investment than any of those guys would have been because Lucas Van Ness is a first round pick within the first three uh, last three years. None of these wide receivers are. I feel that way adamantly. So I don't mind the Lucas Van Ness pick that bad, but I do agree with you. You know, the pack from a Packers standpoint, you have to take a swing on a top wide receiver to get this guy some help. I think that they went with, you know, some ideas. They're probably going to try to run the ball. They got a lot of tight ends. They drafted a lot of tight ends. Tanya's going to be back. There's going to be a lot of things going on for the Packers. Do not expect this offense to look like it did when Aaron Rodgers was under center. This is going to be a grinded out. We're going to try to control the football kind of, kind of team. You're not going to see a high flying offense from them, but Gage going to go to you, buddy here. Number three, worst draft. Who you got? I have actually, this might be a surprising to a lot of people because I know Rob liked one of their picks. Uh, I think it has the Cincinnati Bengals here. Their right tackle requested a trade. 
One of their tackles retired. Their offensive line always lets Joe Burrow get murdered for an entire year, and they did nothing to help. Their first pick was Miles Murphy. Cool, he's a great player. He's good off the edge. You have that talent ready. Get a tackle. Get one of the top guards in the draft who haven't been taken off the board yet. Or do it in round two. They went edge and then corner and then finally a safety to replace Jesse Bates. After that, nothing of interest. But the best pick, it was a late round pick. They got Charlie Jones. Oh, yeah. Boiler up, hammer down, man. And Fucking bellish. Other than man. that, I see there's no, like, anything that stands out that helps them get significantly better. And it keeps Joe Burrow alive. I, I just didn't understand. You need to protect your number one asset who's in a contract year that you're going to pay $250 million to. Yeah, I mean, I just, I was just going back through it. And there were some good offensive firepower type of type of players they got. They got Chase Brown running back out of, out of Illinois. You know, very good pass protection running back. Very solid guy there. Obviously, they have some questions in their backfield uh, with Samaj P. Ryan. I believe he is no longer there and the things that have been going on with uh, the legal troubles there so <laughs> there's some other questions there so you know they have that but charlie jones is a home run hitter that guy can play outside he can play inside he is a slot guy he is very savvy finding holes in, in a zone and it really complements what they already have there i mean you put you know jamar chase and t higgins on the outside let charlie charlie jones run the slot and that offense has some firepower now that i think we can really help get the ball out of uh a burrow's hands a lot quicker and i think that's what they looked at there they looked at we have two guys that really develop down the field very well, but we are lacking in the slot. And so they filled that spot with Charlie Jones. They also got uh, the guy, the wide receiver out of Princeton. Uh, this guy is a straight bona fide burner. Okay. He did. I, I got an unofficial clock last time I saw um, Andre is, I, I, Sivas, I believe his name is, and I'm probably butchering that, but he, uh, he played at Princeton. So not a lot of uh, high competitive there, you know, but, he is a bona fide speedster. Guy ran an unofficial like 4.228 40-yard dash. Absolutely lightning in a bottle. He's kind of lanky, got a small frame. Reminds me a lot of uh, Tyquan Thornton, a little bit bigger than him, though. So, I mean, they did get a lot of weapons, but you're right. You don't you don't invest in the one thing that you need to invest in. If you notice a lot of teams that are really doing very well at building their roster, they get a quarterback, you immediately get a top-left tackle. Immediately. And... Even if you don't, you're, they, they better sign some undrafted free agents on the offensive line and hope one of them is, is a diamond in the rough because what they did was basically say, hey, Joe, get rid of the ball faster. We got you guys some who can operate in space and run some crisp routes. That's what they said. But I agree with you guys. Some of those drafts didn't make a lot of sense, but at the same time, you know, it, we're going to have to wait to see it on the field. But, Rob, we're going to start with number three best draft here, buddy. Who's your number three best draft? I am going to have to go with the Steelers. I mean, you look at what they were able to do. Not only they gauge this brings me so much happiness that we found a way to fuck you guys over somehow. <laughs> um, cock blocked the hell out of living jets. We gave the pick to the damn Steelers and they got Broderick Jones, who the guy, he gave up like three sacks in all of his tenure in college. Joey Porter, one of the top three cornerbacks. You got him in the second round. I get it. It was the first pick in the second round still. And then you got, holy shit, Darnell Washington. The guy that, like, oh, my Lord. This guy just catches anything, and he's like a human pinball machine. So, And, and I can go on more and more about all the other picks. They got Nick Herbig, who's a pretty solid linebacker. But their, their overall draft class, it pains me to say this, they did an, they did an exceptional job. 
Oh yeah, there's definitely some some bona fide studs here. They get an offense. They get a left tackle to help pr- uh, protect their investment in Kenny Pickett. They get a stud shutdown corner in Joey Porter. You know, shout out to uh, Joey Porter Senior getting his uh, his son to go to the the alma mater there. Uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin defensive tackle. Darnell Washington. I mean, I can see these guys really running a two tight end set with him and Pat Fryermuth. They have some, you know, they have a killer in Najee Harris in the backfield. They are going to ground and pound, and they're going to let Kenny Pickett develop and make safe, controlled throws. This is going to be an offense that's going to be hard to defend because they have some absolute maulers up front. And this is why Mike Tomlin does not go under 500. Never, never. The dude, I, Mike Tomlin is probably one of the greatest coaches from just a, you give ever, that man ever, any amount ever. of talent, any any amount of ever. talent, and he is going to put a winning football team on the field every single season. I mean, I've seen this guy take the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger to a winning season, all right? It's it, it's insane, but we'll move on to Jake here. Jake, number three, best draft of 2023. I may not be number three. I'm, I may have to put number one. I can't wait that long. I'm going to go <laughs> with the, uh, the Georgia Eagles, as well, we should call them, or maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm gonna put them at one. No, they're gonna put them at, I'm gonna put them at one. I just can't wait that long. You can't wait that long. Oh, he's impatient, guys. He's impatient. All right, fine. We'll get the Jake, you can do did, your one. What the Eagles did was insane. You get Jalen Carter, you get Nolan Smith, and you get DeAndre Swift. I mean, it what they did in the especially in the first round with Jalen Carter, I know he had the off the field issues, but even still, he's kind of worth just taking. And just holding on, and you just wait, and you just pray, and you kind of look the other way. You you know, you cross <laughs> that bridge when you get there. You draft them, and you don't worry about it. The fact that he fell to nine, he fell to the Eagles is insane. The fact that they also got Nolan Smith is insane. They traded for DeAndre Swift is insane. Uh, they're probably going to go back to the Super Bowl. Um, would be very shocked if they didn't. Um, I know we're just. It's May, so it's kind of way early. A lot of shit can happen, but oh no, they're they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> just, yeah, they, I don't. No, they're yet. no, they're going. They're going. They're just. They're. I just. I know. I, we said three. I just couldn't wait. It's just they did a phenomenal job. One hundred percent worth recognition for them. And I don't think you can get any better. What the Eagles said, they really can't. Oh, no. I mean, so I had some questions about their secondary. Obviously, I felt that the reason they lost that Super Bowl was their secondary. But then they mm-hmm. go out and get Sidney Brown, one of the top safeties in, in the draft. They get Keely Ringo in the fourth round. A lot of people had him going in the second. Absolute steal. You mentioned Nolan Smith. Obviously, my whole thing was with Jalen Carter was that for a lot of these teams in the top 10, you can't take a risk on a guy who has off the field issues and has commitment issues, right? You can't. The Eagles were in a special situation where they shouldn't have been drafting at nine, but they had a draft pick available from a trade they had done to draft at nine. And that gave them Jalen Carter. He could not go to a better defensive line room. In all honesty, the leadership they have there should straighten him out. I 100% believe that. But if he had gone to any of these other teams, you're looking at a draft bust, 110%. I don't think the leadership is there in a lot of teams that are drafting in the top 10 to control a guy and get a guy on the right path who has already shown that he has a, a hard time staying there. All right. It reminded me a lot of like how we saw some of these guys. Like I kept thinking about Eddie Lacy, man. Eddie Lacy, they tried so hard to get this guy in an offseason to stay in shape, to stay worked out. And every year he showed up heavier than the year before. And he was out of shape, didn't work well, all those things. That, and that's what I saw in Jalen Carter, a guy who, when he's not attached to the football team, when he's not attached to a program, when he's not being, you know, having his hand held, he's going to go off the rails a little bit. And I think that that, 
defensive line room in Philadelphia is not going to allow that to happen. So he went to the only place, probably the perfect place that he could be without becoming probably one of the most ridiculous first round draft busts we have ever seen. And I will stand by that because in all honesty, that that man, he needs to get his head right. 100%. But Gage, we're going to move to you. I know Jake did one, but we're still doing three, Gage. Don't you give sorry, me one. Sorry, three. sorry, sorry, sorry. I want sorry. number three. Three best. Yeah, I, I have number three. I I really like what the Chicago Bears did that entire draft. I agree. The whole way, trading down, getting their picks, because they need to rebuild the whole roster at this point. There's not one player that's going to fill a hole that's going to get you anywhere. They went number first round, drawing a right, protect Justin Fields. Just like Joe always says, you got your quarterback, now protect him. Give him time. Then they fix the defensive holes. D-tackle, corner. Another D-tackle. And then you get some more offensive weapons for Jalen Hurts. I mean, not Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. And they, it's a playbook, textbook. This is all what you do. This is how you come back from being the worst team in the league. You get as many draft picks as you can, and you fill holes. And then you have DJ Moore, too, off a trade. Like, good on you. And next year, you're going to probably in the next two years, the Chicago Bears will be the best team in that division. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a a case to be made that, you know, them and the Lions could finish one and two in this division this year because the Packers have obviously lost a cornerstone to their offense. There's a lot of questions on how that offense is going to look, how the defense is going to look. The Vikings have already lost a lot of defensive personnel. They're aging. They have a lot of questions on offense. Can Kirk Cousins get them over the hump? But the Bears and the Lions are up and coming. So Bears fans, Lions fans, you guys got something to root for this year. The NFC North is up for grabs, and I am 100% on board to see this show because I think the Bears and the Lions have a legitimate shot a legitimate case to say they can finish one, two, and we don't know which one's going to be one, and we don't know which one's going to be two. Because Justin Fields, honestly, athletic profile and how athletically gifted that man is, you want to talk about if a guy can stay healthy? If that man can stay healthy, he can carry the Bears as far as they need to go. Bears fans have not had a quarterback like this ever. Ever. And they absolutely love it. But, Rob, we're going to go ahead and go with number two worst draft here, buddy. Who's your number two worst draft? the fuck are the commanders doing you have christian gonzalez on the board and you take 166 pound eli what emmanuel emmanuel four is what i'm saying he's a pick six machine i mean yeah but you have christian fucking gonzalez a top five top ten consensus pick top one top two actually it was in all i think there was 70 draft boards 60 of them had him as a consensus number one cornerback in the draft, and he was right there. And you drafted Emmanuel Forbes. And then you look at the rest. They got Jarvis Martin, Rick, Ricky Stomberger, Braden J. Okay, I like, like the KJ Henry one, but like Christian Rod- Rodriguez, the running back. It's just, eh. It's very mid to me. Another mid, 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 mid draft. Honestly, this draft looks kind of like my mom playing fantasy football. She just looks at the last names and like, oh, it's that Gonzalez guy. We'll draft him there. It's a steal in the fourth round. <laughs> oh, the Illinois safety? Yeah, that's Sidney Brown, right? We'll take that one. That's literally what they did here. They just looked at the draft board and said, oh, I have that name in school and that position kind of looks familiar. We'll go ahead and take that guy. And, I mean, the Manuel Forbes draft pick, you know, it's kind. Of, it looks a lot like Jack Jones. I mean, they, the, the same questions you have for Emmanuel Forbes is the same questions you have for Jack Jones and the Patriots drafted him. Undersized guy, doesn't really have the physicality questions, that, you know, that 
to can he match up with elite large outside wide receivers or is he going to get bullied can he win jump balls how is he going to cover in space how is he going to how physical can he be with these guys since he's so undersized that's Emmanuel Forbes and like it's a really big question because I never saw Emmanuel Forbes go in a first round in any mocks I ran and here here they are snatching him up and giving the Patriots Christian Gonzalez and the biggest thing and this is very glaring this this is red flag to me once you lie I I'm already not even on board with you he lied about his weight Going into the combine, he said he was like 180 pounds. The kid clocked in at 166. I, I know that's not even that big a deal. He lied about his weight, but like, I mean, are you gonna put on pounds? Yeah. He's gonna. The guy is a to. ball. He's a ball hawk. He's gonna. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, kind of similar play style. But the thing is, though, Trayvon Diggs is a unit. This oh, kid's yeah. got to put on some pounds. Absolutely. I mean, but let's be fair here. There have been many a time where a guy has had his weight embellished a little bit and i look no further than the fact that people looked at five foot six five foot seven danny woodhead and had the audacity to stare me in the eyes and tell me that skinny little bastard weighed 185 pounds are you out of your goddamn mind (laughs) you're out of your mind but yeah he definitely needs to put on some weight and go into an nfl organization they're hoping that his speed play style and everything like that stays the same and he can put on 20 pounds of muscle that's a lot of muscle to put on to make him a bona fide actual like outside guy but yeah, you run a you run a, a wide receiver sweep to that side. He's gonna get ran down the damn field real quick because I, I don't care who you are, how mean you are, how gritty you are. You're 166 pounds. You're getting tossed like a freaking rag doll. Okay, but Jake, number two worst draft man. Who you got? I got the Raiders. So kind Son of going of bitch, back. Man. What? <laughs> damn. <laughs> it's just Tyree Wilson. He is a he is a fantastic edge rusher. Rusher. He really is. You have Chandler Jones and you have Max Prosby. One of your biggest needs for the Raiders was cornerback. Just said, sorry, Gonzalez. Sorry, Forbes. Sorry, any any cornerback in this draft, we're not going to take you. Joey Porter. Joey, they just punted on it. And that was probably their biggest need. And their second biggest need was alignment. They didn't take that. I mean, they filled the wallet replacement with Meyer, Mayor, however it's pronounced. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, yeah. I don't know why I said Meyer. But... That was the biggest really head scratcher for me was when they took Wilson. I don't know, is he going to be a third down? What's he, how is he? He's not going to start unless Crosby or Jones are hurt. Unless you do a 3-4. I don't know if you want to do that. But that was a very, very odd pick to me. I mean, like I said, Wilson is a fantastic edge rusher. I just don't really think he fits with the Raiders after they just signed. Then they just signed Chandler Jones last year, too, to an extension or yeah. last year or two years ago, and they just yeah. paid Crosby. So unless you run a 3-4, which if you do, I guess good luck, but I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really questionable. I don't know what they're thinking here. I looked at that draft. That draft is so weird. And like I said, they kind of did the same thing. They said, oh, a, a cornerback out of Georgia? Yeah, we'll take that guy. Uh, but this the Tyree Wilson trade reeks of, hey, we wanted to move down. We couldn't find a trade partner. We took best available. That's what that reeks up to me because you honestly looked at what you had, but at the same time, you still had a need. You could have like a need. Like I will always say this. It is okay to overpay for a need by a couple of picks. Best available will always help your team stay good. Getting a need at a position though, when you're talking about first round talent, it's first round talent. The only time it really matters is if you're picking within the first four picks, which we'll get into in a minute. And but yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it's one of those things like they like took best available. It seemed like 
and then they just kind of did their own little thing that didn't make a lot of sense because there were still some really good corners that you could have gotten in the second round. That they, I mean, Keely Ringo fell to the fourth round, and you didn't even take him. And that he was considered to be a second-round talent in just about every single mock I saw. He was a second-round guy, fringe first-round guy, and he fell to the fourth round to the out of, out of this world. Gage, <laughs> who is your number two worst draft? I, I had the Raiders too. And <laughs> I mean, Jake said, like, not knocking Tyree Wilson, but you have Max Crosby, you have Chandler Jones, and you're paying them an absorbent amount of money. What are you doing? You just, your defense, yes, is your weak spot, but not a defensive line. Take yeah. a second, take someone in the secondary. Or, yeah, I mean, get, get, get a top offensive lineman, get a top offensive tackle, get mm-hmm. some help for Jimmy G, who's coming off our injury. Like, it's like they don't want to go far if you can't give the guy time. What what good does Devontae Adams do you? What the fuck mm-hmm. are you doing? Yeah, uh, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. They went to the fourth round in the fifth round. They drafted two secondary members here. Christopher Smith the second out of Georgia, safety at 170, and Jacorian Bennett, CB out of Maryland. And honestly, like I said, it looked like they said, hey, a secondary guy from uh, Maryland? Oh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a top talent guy. We'll just go get him. Why is he doing in the fourth round? Oh, oh, what is that? Another secondary guy out of Georgia? That must be Keely Ringo. We'll grab him too. Nope, not the same guys, fellas. Just because they come from the same school doesn't mean they perform at the same mm-hmm. level. It's a terrible, terrible draft. But Rob, we're going to transition back to the goods. Number two on your best draft list is who? I. It has to be the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, and the reason why I say this is because not only do you get the offensive tackle of the future, but you get your first-round pick still. You got Houston's first-round pick, which, by the way, probably going to be top two because they're not going to be good. They're still developing, and you got, you got their third. So you got a you compiled a bunch of picks in a draft next year, which has Marvin Harrison Jr. Which, if D Hop decides, okay, I, I no longer want to be a Cardinal. Okay, you got Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be exceptional. And then you got your pick, which you probably, if you say you don't want Kyler Murray no more, trade him away and get freaking Caleb Williams. There you go. Yeah, I mean, they really did a good draft. They had some questions on offensive line. Obviously, they need to give Kyler Murray as many reasons as possible to, like, stay upright and prove that he is the guy. And if he's not, and you guys are absolutely right, if they're terrible, they have a shot at being probably one of the worst teams in the league if they're if they don't rebound in some fashion, some way to make this a good thing for them. So this is this is clearly a, a team building draft. This was a draft where they said, hey, these are our needs, these are the players that can fill these needs. And they did a very good job of that. And all like all they have to do now is figure out if Kyler Murray can be the quarterback for them or not. And this is the year. If Kyler Murray does not perform, he's gone. They will they will trade him, they will cut him, they will find a way to move on because he has no place on that roster anymore. And honestly, I don't know if he's got a place on any roster, but there will be a team that is bad enough looking at you, Washington, you'll probably grab him, to try the Kyler Murray train out somewhere else. But I agree with you, Rob. I think the Arizona Cardinals did a very, very good job. We're going to move to Jake. Jake, number two. Actually, no, we're going to go number three since you didn't give me your number three, Jake. You're doing this all out of order, and I am damn disappointed in you. Number three, Jake, who is your number three? I'm going to go with the Texans. Having little back-to-back picks and taking Stroud and Anderson, I think it's a home run. Then you follow it up with a center who you could protect uh, Stroud. Then you get him a bunch of weapons. I think that what the Cardinals did was phenomenal. Trading up and getting Anderson to pair with C.J. Stroud 
it's almost like a chef's kiss. I mean, that that kind of shocked me. I did not expect that. But to do that one-two combo, that was perfect. I think they did a fantastic job. And they also get to keep their first-round pick next year, too. They had two They had two next year, and they were able to trade one of them and keep theirs. So I think what they did was really good. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely killed it. I, I The minute I saw they did that trade... It made total sense to me. I was like, you know, you need to get, you're getting cornerstones, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting the two cornerstones of your offense and your defense. You get your corner, cornerstone quarterback and you get your cornerstone defensive player. Those are the guys they're going to build around. That's how they looked at Nick Cazario for everything he was for the Patriots. He is finally starting to adopt and, and instill his philosophy and player personnel decisions there. I do think it is going no. to work there for the him. Leash I think no on. On the leash is no longer on. The leash is no longer on. There's that Belichick telling him what to do anymore. But they still got John Mechie over there too, guys. That people yeah. forget, yeah, that this forget about that. Yeah, they yeah. have Mechie, Dell, CJ Stroud again. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I saw yeah. like a report about that. Yep. They got a solid running back back there as well. Also, There's a lot of good things to like there. Nico Collins there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot also, to like. They're gonna be a fun team. Yeah, absolutely. And the way the end of, the way the AFC South is looking right now, the Jaguars are the only team that have a have a legit shot at winning that division. The Texans can make a run. That division is super weak. They if they sweep the Colts and the Titans, which I think is a very big possibility right now. Neither of those teams look all that great, nor did they think they really did anything in this draft to make themselves any better or worse than they were before. They're just kind of stuck in this, hey, we're going to be the same old, same old, do the same old things. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, the 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 Texans can say maybe that they improve pretty drastically just from the way they drafted. So I completely agree with you there, man. I really like their draft. But Gage, who is your number two best draft this year? Uh, I struggled to keep the Cardinals off this list. But I just think Chicago A had a better draft because of what they did. Put them at three. And I have the Indianapolis Colts at number two. I, again, liked what they did. Anthony Richardson at four. I think super high ceiling if you develop him right. Most physically talented quarterback in the draft. Easily. Wasn't he like the most physically talented draft quarterback ever? He had the only perfect uh, RAS score. Yeah. Yes. And he also has a cannon for an arm. So, I think if they develop that right, home run there, then they get Julius Brents in the second round out of K-State, replace Stephon Gilmore right there. That's your two biggest needs. And you just right away, you trade back, get more draft picks, and then you start getting weapons. Josh Downs at NC. Great. Great pick in the third round. And then you get Blake Freeland in the fourth at a BYU. I think is also a great depth signing who could possibly start for you at some point in tackle. Like they addressed every single need, and then they got uh, I cannot pronounce his name. I did totally, uh, Timmy Adebowale out of Northwestern, bro, baby defensive tackle, man. I want him a, so bad. That is a money fourth round pick. Oh, he, for he just was, sheer physical upside of that oh. the combine that man had. Dude, like that is a. Huge 280 pounds, four five forty yard dash, straight mauler. Play inside, so, outside, does not matter. I think they had one of the most complete drafts you could possibly have as a rebuilding team. And if it all comes together, NFC South again, I mean, AFC South looking very weak. Well, hey, you could have said NFC South and the statement still would have been true. It just wouldn't have made yeah. sense with the team we were talking about. But my see, I was I liked everything about their draft with the exception 
of the Anthony Richardson pick. And here's why. You have been on this carousel of, if it works, we're going to look great. That's what they've been doing. They've taken physical, physical talent, veteran guys. They've just thrown the entire, like they grabbed a handful of darts and threw them at the board with every quarterback they've ever, they've tried to put in since the spontaneous retirement of, you know, I'm not going to bring up his name, Colts fans. You've been through enough pain, but this felt like if it works, we're going to be really good. But PFF for all of Anthony Richardson's talents and all of his physical traits also had him at the highest bust percentage for a pick in the first round. Because, and I will tell you this, I have friends that are Florida Gators fans. And I was at a friend of one of my friends' house who is a Florida Gators fan watching the draft. And when the Colts picked him, he goes, they are stupid. Because he watched him all season. He said, the guy isn't as shifty as Lamar Jackson. He's not as big as Cam Newton, but he tries to run the same similar type of game. He's got a cannon for an arm, but no touch. He doesn't know how to throw short passes unless they're coming at you 150 miles an hour. And he can't, he just, he doesn't make good decisions on the field. He's slow to process. It's a lot of things that are negatives for a guy you want to start right away. And I just don't know if it's going to be enough. And, but at the same time, Will Levis, there's some questions about his his capabilities as well. He's got a cannon. How's his touch? How's his decision making? I've had some, I've watched some tape of his where he did not look very good. You went with a physical specimen. You you got a guy in your offense who was there for for uh, Jalen Hurts, who also had some similar questions. You know, had a cannon for an arm, didn't lack some touch. You know, lack some other physical traits and things like that. But he's planning out you know planning out pretty well. So they're hoping that Anthony Richardson can have a similar career track. A trajectory as Jalen Hurts. The only difference is, is that Jalen Hurts didn't start right away. Anthony Richardson is going to be day one. I don't so, think he starts right away. I think Gardner Minshew will take it for a couple weeks before they I mean, throw him in. I love my, I love me, love me some Gardner Minshew. If Gardner Minshew gets some, gets some, some air time, bro. I'm happy right there off the bat, but we are going to transition Rob number one, worst draft. Who is it? It's the Raiders. Like they they listed all the reasons. I'm not going to go too much into detail, but like, come on. Yeah, it makes no sense. I I think I think honestly, like if if I'm them, I probably would have taken a risk on Will Levis. Jimmy Garoppolo's made a show out of Shawmar Ultra. The guy you never know if he's going to stay healthy or not. And what really do you ha- you have the roster to bring on a guy like Will Levis if if Jimmy Garoppolo falls down and and he's no longer. Uh, a viable option. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, it's boomer bust. That's all you have. Or you well, got Aiden I mean, O'Connell. You got Aiden so, O'Connell. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell. So, and like, I will like, tell you I said, about- like I said, you have Jimmy Garoppolo or bust. So Aiden O'Connell is a very heady football player. He does learn very well. He is a student of the game. He does have some physical traits. He does his his arm is definitely not one of the stronger ones in the draft, but he is hyper accurate. And in a timing based offense, having a hyper accurate quick decision type of guy like an Aiden O'Connell who can fit into tight windows, be on time, be on script, kind of things like that. It is not a bad pick for the style of offense that Josh McDaniels runs. However, that is that is trying to find a silver lining in a pile of pig shit. And I'm telling you right now, there is not a lot of silver down there to be found. Okay, so I, I can completely understand. I'm just trying to justify. Don't helmet, come at my Boilermaker, it. all right? Aiden O'Connell is my Boilermaker. That's my boy. All right, boiler up, hammer down. Jake, <laughs> number one worst draft. I'm going to – I went back and forth with this one. As 
this team, another team I went back and forth with, but I'm going to say the Broncos. You had five picks the entire draft. Just put it that way. Your top need was an offensive lineman. You didn't address that. Second need was a running back, and you didn't address that. I just I know they have Sean Payton. They kept Jared Judy. They kept Cortland Sun, but maybe if they traded Jared Judy, maybe if they traded Cortland Sun, you could have got more draft capital. You could move up in the draft. You could have got a first rounder. You could have done something along with that, and they just didn't do anything. So they didn't really impress me. They still don't impress me. Even with Sean Payton there, they don't impress me. I mean, I will always hit the Broncos because... Sounds like Broncos PTSD. I wonder where this is coming from. <laughs> yeah, that I was about to say. That, you know, if people followed us last year, you house bed segment with my hatred towards the Broncos. This does have maybe a little bit to do with it, but they just didn't impress me at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their draft right now. I mean, they have some, they got some good depth they guys, did, got some guys yeah. who are going to be some good players for them. But I mean, Riley Moss, he's he's kind of, you know, the Big Ten. The problem I have with Big Ten corners, all right, is that they don't really face speed. There are not a lot of burners in the Big Ten. It is a it is a smash mouth conference. That's what they do. I think the, but I will say like a Trey Palmer out of Nebraska was one of the faster guys in that in that in that conference, all right, and he ran a four three eight. And he absolutely dominated that that conference from a a, a a yardage standpoint. Okay, look no further than Nebraska versus Purdue. He absolutely went off for like 238 yards. It was ridiculous. But I mean, that's the problem you have there. And then you get Drew Sanders, an undersized linebacker, got some question some questionable tackling. And then you got Marvin Mims Jr. So you basically went out and said, okay, we got we're going to start three very savvy route runners who have some shiftiness in space and are speedy, and hope that's enough. And that's what they did. You know, you don't, you have problems in your backfield where your guys aren't healthy. You have problems on your offensive line because you can't block worth a shit. You have problems about not giving your quarterback time. You have problems with your quarterback actually finding the right wide receiver. There are a lot of questions in Denver and you obviously did nothing with the little you had to solve any of those questions. But Gage, I'm going to move to you. Number one, worst draft. Who is it? I want to give some honorable mentions to the horrible pick the Jets had in round one, first off, but they picked up the rest of the draft. The Miami Dolphins, also an honorable mention of having – you have four picks, yeah. but you did. That was me. Nothing to help you with pick. it. Mm-hmm. Your first pick was a corner. You have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. Like, you could have maybe kept Tua alive. <laughs> Even in, like, <laughs> late round ta- he's learned. He's learned how to fall. He's learned how to – he'll be like, – so, Like, something there. But I think number one is the Atlanta Falcons. Their defense is notoriously dog shit for the last four years. And their first two picks, offense. Cool. I like the second round tackle pick if you want Desmond Ritter to like you know stay upright and like do something. And like maybe give Bijan a hole. Like Bijan's definitely the best running back in the draft by far. That's not your need. What do you? What, you have a thousand yard rusher. With it, you had a two headed monster in uh, Algier and Cordero Patterson. Yeah. What? Why is that your first pick when your defense is bottom of the barrel, notoriously bottom of the barrel? When Jalen Carter is still on the board, Nolan Smith is still on the board. You got top Christian Gonzalez still on the board. What? All these playmakers on the other side of the ball and you just neglect it again and i it's infuriating for i'm sure falcons fans are infuriated that they never fixed the holes in that fucking defense i thought it was pretty funny to hear the 28 to 3 joke there in the draft though that was pretty funny to see yeah 
I mean, it, it, the, so I have a buddy of mine who's an Atlanta Falcons fan, and when they drafted Bijan, he's super excited. And then I asked him, I said, so uh, I guess that moves Corderell back to wide receiver? Because what do you, you can't have all three of them on the field in the back. I mean, you can. I don't know what you're going to do there. I guess they all three catch the ball decently well. I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And, I mean, they get, they did some things I did like. You got, you know, you got uh, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. He's a mauler. You got some defensive help later in rounds, but you didn't have a lot of picks. And like you said, you kind of just went with whatever was there. It didn't make a lot of sense. I don't understand the Bijan pick. I understand he's a generational talent, but you're talking about a guy at a position that if you don't succeed at their rookie contract level, they're not worth having on your team because nobody signs running backs unless you're the New York Giants to big deals. They just don't happen anymore. You don't you mean see the it. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Well, Shout I mean, to they, Zeke for ruining that. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't – it doesn't work anymore. This is a passing-driven league. You need corners, you need pass rushers, you need offensive tackles, you need interior linemen, and you need wide receivers. And you literally went out there and said, we're going to get a running back, we're going to try to go old school on how to build a team. That's not how teams are built anymore, Atlanta. You can't do this. This is not how you win football games. Now, that being said – I don't know who to draft in fantasy football from the Atlanta Falcons anymore because I was literally going to go running back, and now I feel like I can't at all because, I, I mean, Bijan Robinson obviously is the pick I want, but I was literally like, that guy could be a great fantasy asset if he goes to the right position. The Atlanta Falcons wasn't it. Was yeah, not it. I like Jameer Gibbs in Detroit better. <laughs> I like, like Jameer Gibbs in, in, in Detroit better than that. So, But, Rob, we're in this on a high note. Number one. Best draft 2023. Who was it? It's going probably be the Super Bowl winners for next year. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. You got Jalen Carter, who's probably, before he got in trouble, was the number one overall pick in many drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Nolan Smith, who runs a 4 3 9. That Georgia U defense is just incredible. Tyler Steen in the, the second. <laughs> And you know what's funny? Like, I what you didn't mention, I know you mentioned Kelly Ringo, who's also like boomer bust, but you got two more guys that were boomer bust undrafted Makai Gardner and Eli Ricks. If those guys pan out, which they have high, they have, they can be like special. It, this, this team could be a dynasty waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be yeah, wild. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I would be very surprised. This is a year that, like, if they don't win a Super Bowl, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I, it'll be, if they don't win a Super Bowl, it, the question is going to be, who's to blame? It's going to be what went wrong. Because they have everything they possibly need to absolutely dominate the NFL for the foreseeable future. And I don't I don't know how you, you could disagree with that. But, Jake, since you already gave number one, and we've already done number three, and we're just, you know, shooting from the Sorry, hip now, I, I guess you're going to give number two, bud. Who's your number two? The New England Patriots. I loved their draft, and that's not me being biased. Christian Gonzalez literally fell in their lap at 17. Uh, you know, I'll do my – I told Rob and Joe and Gage that I wanted to do this. I think Adam Jones for WEI is a fucking moron. Clown. Dude's a uh, he is an He's absolute clown, idiot. and people wonder why EI ratings are going down. But anyway, uh, I think Gonzalez – will go up. What? Don't worry, ours will go. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'll tell you right now, this is a warning, you guys. I, we'll be there in no time. 100%. Uh, Gonzalez fell in their lap. Like, literally just fell. That was a home run pick. Uh, I love the Keon White pick. 
I him and Judon and Wise, I think that's going to be very scary. White is a freak athlete. He's very fast. He's going to be hungry for the quarterback. Uh, even the uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn Booty, a lot of people in the middle of the season, before he got hurt, he was a first-round pick. He A lot of mock drafts had him as a first-round pick, and he fell to the six. He wasn't just a first-round pick. He was regarded as the best receiver that was going to go into this draft. He's a beast. He and He's fast. He's quick. A lot of people are sleeping. They drafted a lot for need. They got a lot of guards. They got a kicker they needed. They got a puncher they needed. They got a linebacker they needed. Secondary help they needed. They did a very good job of drafting for need. I think they did a very, very good job. And knowing a lot of people are, have been, I've seen a lot of people hate on the, their draft, people love on their draft. I think they did phenomenal. And I, I, I think what it is is they don't see what it is. They, they see City Sal, the guard. They don't see that he yeah. played also tackle. Left and not just a tackle, left tackle. They yeah. don't. They don't see what is the kid Mafi. Do you know on Wenu? On Wenu? On Wenu? On Wenu is going to be gone next year, right? Then you basically yeah. go, okay, Mafi. There you go. The answer is that. Then you got Demario Douglas. I don't know if you got that kid's right? a beast. Did you see what his grade was? It was like, like a ninety-one, wasn't it? He had the highest grade ever of this class. He's gonna be the Marcus Jones. Receiver. Of our offense, where we kind of like utilized him. Yeah, I I love their. That's not me even be. I that's not me being biased as a Patriot fan. I just thought how their draft worked with all the picks they had. They utilized it for need. They utilized it for want. But I I will say one. I will say one more thing. Keon White, Mike Mel Kiper standards was a top thirty pick. So there's that. He's a dog. And, and honestly, the Keon White, everyone's like, why would we go Keon White there? So here's the deal. Keon White is a defensive end that is a, he's a three-down defensive end. Uche is not a three-down defensive end. No, he's not. He's, he's a passing situation defensive end. And he's very good in that role. However, that is his only role. We needed a dominant early down guy on that offense, on that defensive line. They got him. Udon is going to be out there all the time. White is going to be out there all the time. Uche is going to spell them on either side of the ball, and that is a scary thing. Then you look at, uh, I, I, and this one kind of got me for a minute because I just didn't understand his, how where he fit. Marte Mapu out of, yeah. out of Sacramento State, and then I watched the tape. He's this a guy missile is a he's fucking sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. The guy just he's an anvil out there, and is abs- and he's you know, and the funny thing is, depending on which site you go to to read on this guy, he is either a liability. Or a damn animal. And there's no in between. Like, half of them are like, you know, questionable speed and space. If the play goes wide, he doesn't have the speed to chase it down. Then every every other place, and other places that look like, can sideline the sideline, capable guy, uh, positionless, can place uh, back in or in or in the box. Doesn't matter. This, this is the prototypical He was Belichick's favorite. He was Belichick. And according to Andrew Callahan, Marte Mapu in February was Belichick's favorite pick in this draft. He was going to he was going to get him no matter what. Doesn't surprise me. And Sacramento then you days. literally load up on wide receivers and offensive linemen. I I'm very very interested in this draft. Remember how I told you that a lot of these wide receivers you could find someone just like them later in the draft. DeMario Douglas and Zay Flowers almost identical in everything. Their RAS scores were almost the same. These guys were literally doing the same thing. 
So, if, like if, I said, Keishon Bude, out that way. If he if he plays anywhere close to what he's uh, anywhere anywhere close to what he's capable of, <laughs> fucking Christ, look out! It, it could be Jarvis great. Jarvis Landry is what my comp is for him. Yeah, it could be great, and it's only time Let to tell. But Mac Cook, there is and, and a minus. Mac Cook, and, and, and oh, what I'm saying, this guy's a minus. And what I'm saying, not Jarvis Landry. That now, like, what all the injuries? I'm talking about like oh, Miami no. Dolphins. Jarvis like, Landry, Juice Landry, exactly. Yeah. So here's the deal, Gage. You get to finish it out. Number one. Who is who was your number one best draft? If we don't have my number one. I think you're an idiot. It's very clear. It's not even close. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Like, it's not even if you, if you do, don't watch if you watch football or watch the draft at all, you understand how insane of a draft that was that they had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely out of the And world. picking up DeAndre Swift. Is this the greatest offseason we've ever seen? And I'm not I'm yeah. just saying at totality. Just I'm talking about draft, I'm talking about trades, I'm talking about like overall, it, just it has been the most neighbor. entertaining offseason I've never I've seen. Yeah. I've recently. never yeah. seen. I've never seen a team that was just in the Super Bowl, just the, this the storyline, and then do what they just did. I've never seen this before. I the thing is, we thought they were going to go into this offseason, and so many people were going to leave that team because they were on contract years, and they plugged those holes with generational talents so quickly. And kept more people than we thought we they would see. Darius Slay, and the whole second they lost C.J. Gardner Johnson, replaced in the draft already. They reloaded in an insane way. Miles Sanders gone, cool. DeAndre Swift, who if he stays healthy, is better than Miles Sanders. Same mm-hmm. skill set, just better. It mind-boggling how they pulled this off, and gave up next to nothing. Just to go back to the Super Bowl and probably win it for the next two two out of three years. Oh yeah, you have a dynasty brewing in Philly, baby, and it started here I, in the twenty twenty three draft. It. Do not mistake it. The Eagles are your I NFC favorites right now, and that there is not even someone in the same stratosphere of them. And even it's all dark horses after the Eagles. Eagles are the number one pick. Everybody else is literally considered a dark, a dark horse at this point. Don't get Not it. Party. AFC better better come ready to the Super Bowl because the Eagles are fully loaded and ready to beat go. this I, shit. Out. Oh my god! It wouldn't be the most surprising thing if they don't drop a game into the playoffs. If they don't win the Super Bowl, they oh, they yeah. may go perfect. This they may be the year. They may be. Not jinxing it. You did. We did not jinx. No, the I want the it. I want it. No, fuck <laughs> that. I'm jinxing them. I hope they don't do it. But like 1972 Dolphins. Yeah. The only right. thing that's going to stop them is injuries, and if they stay healthy, no one's stopping oh. that team. Nothing. Oh, no, absolutely not. On both sides of the ball, they are too good and young. Oh, yeah. It's going to be disgusting. It really is. But that is all we have for you today at the Gridiron, part of the House Call Sports. I hope you liked our top three best and worst drafts. You hope you like our takes. If you don't like them or you disagree, put it down in the comments. We would love to hear from you. Hear who you thought had the best draft here, who you thought had the worst draft. What do you think the best pick was? Put it down in those comments. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share the videos, man. Get this community growing. We need the shit popping off as soon as possible. We want to see it Thank grow. Thank you for a thousand. Thank you for a thousand apps of fucking lootly guys. We really, really love all the community that tunes in and shares our videos. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. Go to our website, which will be down in the description below. Check out our blogs. We also have our affiliates. Shout out to StubHub. 
sportsmobility.com, Pillow Fight, Fubo TV, Liquid IV, and Coffee Bros. All of our affiliates, you can check out those links in the description. Help support the House Call Podcast. Help support those affiliates by using our links. Go get yourself some merch. Go get yourself some coffee. Go get yourself some premium bedding materials and pillows and sheets from Pillow Fight. Go subscribe to Fubo TV so you can watch live sports all year long. All your sports live on Fubo TV. And we will see you next time here on The Gridiron. Let Matt cook.